0: Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy uh, news last night that the uh, Twins have sent infielder Jorge Polanco to the Mariners in exchange for uh, Andrew Anthony DiScalfani and uh, three other players. Uh, the uh, the trade really uh, actually does Cleveland a favor. It uh, it gets rid of. One of the uh, the all time uh, uh, you know Cleveland biggest nemesises nemes- nemesis uh a Cleveland killer a guy that you didn't want to see come up to the plate in any sort of situation uh, was Jorge Polanco and now he's no longer uh, in the division he's no longer on the Twins roster uh, this was a, a, a move that uh, you know the Twins are are able to uh, you know turn around some some flexibility with their, their roster and their uh, their salary, uh, you know, payroll. But, uh, you know, Polanco was a guy who was always effective against Cleveland when he played against them.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, Joe. I remember mostly as a second baseman, but, you know, he played shortstop. He played third base last season. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of banged up the last couple years. But still, uh, you know, always brought his uh, A-game when Cleveland was playing him and you know him and Max Kepler, you know, Miguel Sano, all those guys really kinda had uh they zeroed in on Cleveland pitching when when they were playing the Guardians.
0: Yeah, uh in eight seasons, uh for Minnesota against Cleveland specifically, he hit two sixty with a seven sixty six OPS, fourteen home runs, fifty one RBIs in ninety-four games. And and he always seemed to be in the middle of driving the game-winning run or, uh, you know, hitting, hitting a big home run, extending a rally when uh, when they had a pitcher on the ropes uh, against Cleveland uh, back in August of 2021, drove in the game-winning run with an RBI double and an extra inning game for the Twins uh, against Cleveland uh a couple weeks later he had three doubles and a home run at Cleveland in uh in another win uh back in 2021 last year uh he beat Cleveland with an RBI double for the only run of the game uh for the Twins on a, in a win on June 2nd uh I mean this it, but his history goes back uh, all the way to his rookie year 2016 I mean he hit his first home run his first big league home run uh off Trevor Bauer at Progressive Field so you know this is a guy who had a history against Cleveland and uh I don't think anybody in the uh the Guardians clubhouse will be sad to see him uh playing in Seattle for uh you know the uh the near future I I think uh you know send him out to the to the west coast and leave him out there Definitely, Joe. And he and at Progressive Field, he was a two ninety-three career hitter,
1: eleven home runs, thirty-one RBIs. So he haunted uh, Cleveland, no matter if they were in uh, Minneapolis or Cleveland. So he's just one of those guys that like Cleveland pitching.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, you, you hear that and you're a Guardians fan, and you think, oh, well, why not? Why not try to acquire him if he hits so well at Progressive Field? If he, uh, you know, if he likes the the setting there, if he feels comfortable, why not? Why not try? Uh, bringing him in and uh, you know making him making it work for you. Uh, that that didn't necessarily work out when they tried to do the same thing with Eddie Rosario. So you know Eddie Rosario's numbers uh, against Cleveland when he played for Minnesota were uh, you know fantastic. And uh, you know they tried to bring him in and it, it almost seemed like for that 2021 season he just didn't want to play here.
1: Yeah, it was too cold for Eddie. You know <laughs> he couldn't play a target field in in Minneapolis <laughs> where. But but it was too cold in Cleveland, so I'm not sure what that was. And then he goes to Atlanta and helps him win the World Series. So go figure. Go figure,
0: Joe. It's just a crazy game, man. Yeah, And and you mentioned some of those names. Uh, I I would also throw uh, Nelson Cruz in there uh, when he was playing for uh, Minnesota in in, in the last, you know, five to ten years, uh, you know, before he – sort of started bouncing around all over the place as a, as a designated hitter. Uh, he was another guy uh, with the, the, the Bomba squad that, uh, you know, would would torture Cleveland pitching for um, the the Twins. But, you know, it got me to thinking, and it got me to thinking, yeah, I, I still need to find a more delicate way to put, uh, you know, the, the idea of a uh, a Cleveland or a Guardians killer uh, in, in somebody else's lineup, you know, a guy who you just don't want to see show up, uh, at, at a certain time in the game or who always just seems to come through with a big hit uh, and you know I, I could throw you know a, a guy like a Gio Urshela who who used to play in Cleveland and then every time he would face Cleveland for uh, the Yankees or the Twins or whoever uh, you, it, he always seemed to be coming up with uh, with a big hit uh, guys like that guys uh, who, who have a, a track record against your club your team uh, and and you see him and I just need to I need to phrase it a little more delicately because I don't like uh, I don't I don't think I I like using the word killer in a headline. Uh, so we'll 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 stick with nemesis I guess and and I don't know how how do you pluralize nemesis, but uh, this is uh we're gonna go through the division here and and just who are the biggest guardians killers right now on each roster in the division, uh the guys you're gonna face the most this year. Uh, we'll start at the top. We'll start with the Twins, and I think, uh, you know, like we mentioned, if Eddie Rosario were still with the Twins, uh, he'd be the guy. But uh, he, in in his time with Minnesota against Cleveland, he hit .305 uh, and had an uh, eight ninety-four OPS with 18 home runs in 77 games from 2015 to 2020. You know, and then he joined the joined the Guardians and and yeah, couldn't you know produce the same results. Uh, my my current answer, I don't know about you, uh, Hoynesy, but the guy on the roster, and, and you're probably going to match me with the same. Uh, it's got to be Royce Lewis right now, uh, don't you think? Well, yeah, Joe, but I've got another guy. So tell us about Royce Lewis first. Royce Lewis, and he's only played in 13 games against the Guardians, but uh, he's got 17 RBIs in those 13 games, and uh, and you know he's hit five home runs, only batting 260, but you know he's he's slugging off the charts and. Uh certainly towards the end of this past season, he was the guy that you did not want to see come to the plate uh, if, if you were the Guardians.
1: Yeah, Royce Lewis, to me, Joe, is, has that uh, nemesis quality, but he's got to stay on the field for a few more years. Prove that, that he can stay healthy before, you know, he becomes public enemy number one in Cleveland. I'm going with an old left-handed reliever, Joe, Caleb Thielbar. Oh, man. Um, uh, three and zero. Oh, his career record against Cleveland is three and zero. Oh, one save, thirty eight games, one point three nine ERA. He's allowed five earned runs in thirty two and a third innings. And this guy, you know, he gets a lot of work when Cleveland, when they, when the Twins play Cleveland, either at Target Field or Progressive Field, because Cleveland is dominated by left-handed hitters. And I think I've seen him have
0: one bad outing against Cleveland, Joe. Yeah, I, I I can't even picture one bad. I, I it's it's pretty much game over or uh you know uh inning complete by the time you uh, you hear Caleb Thielbar come into the game. That's a, that's a good pick, Quincy. I wasn't even thinking about lefty relievers, but uh you're going out there and getting the guy that uh you know no guardians hitter wants to face late in the game for sure. Uh um let's look at the uh the Tigers, the, the next team in the uh, in the division there uh we, we talked about miggy obviously uh you know he he retired at the end of last year uh lifetime 308 with an 899 uh ops 50 home runs and 177 RBIs in 252 games uh against cleveland he would be the obvious choice for um you know all-time cleveland killer i think uh, uh for the for the entire division uh going back to the start of the al central uh, but uh, who's your pick for, um, you know, currently the guy the uh, the Guardians uh, would not want to face uh, on on the, um, uh, the the Tigers roster?
1: Yeah, you know, the Tigers are so young, Joe, that um, you know they really haven't built up a track record against Cleveland. But I'm going, I've got two choices: Kerry, Carp- or Kerry Carpenter, Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, last couple of years he's hurt. Cleveland with some big home runs. He's hitting 246, um, five homers, twelve RBIs in fifteen games with an eight fifty-six OPS and a five forty-four slugging percentage against uh, the guards. So uh, you know that's a guy to watch. And, and another guy I, I like uh, that has really enjoyed some success against uh, Cleveland is on the closer Alex Lang, or I guess he's kind mm-hmm. of a closer late inning guy, two and all. Oh, 1.80 ERA in 16 games, uh, 20 Ks in 15 innings, and a 154 batting average against by Cleveland.
0: Yeah, the the Tigers really do seem to be building up a, a good young back end of the bullpen uh, over the last couple of seasons. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on some of those guys for sure. But, you know, I like your, your pick of Kerry Carpenter. This, that's a guy that uh, really hurt Cleveland in a, a doubleheader early in the season last year, I believe, in April. Uh you know, made it made them uh I, I think he, he got to uh James Karanchak for a a home run at, at one point too. Uh my pick uh for uh the Tigers, obviously, like you said, uh not a lot of experience, not a lot of track record built up, uh young guys, but uh Andy Ibanez is a guy uh just eight games, uh, but they can't seem to get the guy out. He's hitting four twenty-three in those eight games uh against Cleveland, eleven RBIs. And and he just seemed to be on base and one of those like uh, sort of annoying, always around, sort of always on base kind of guys. Uh, I think uh, if he gets the opportunity to play a little bit more uh, against Cleveland, you're going to see him uh, step up in big situations over the next uh, couple of years here. All right. Uh, let's uh, you know, before we go any further, I want to remind our users, our, our listeners here, uh, they could become users of subtext. Uh, our subscription uh, texting service. You can log on to cleveland.com/subtext uh, or send a text message to 216-208-4346 uh, to uh, join our subtext community. Talk about the Guardians. Uh, get uh, basically behind the scenes, inside uh, texts and tweets from uh, Hoynesy and from me uh, throughout the season, throughout the off season. Uh, any moves heading into spring training that we uh, find out about, we send directly out to. Our subtext subscribers and they get to uh give us their opinions on some things so hopefully at the uh the end of this podcast we'll be able to uh look at a few responses from our subtext subscribers about who they think some of the biggest guardians killers uh are right now in the al central uh moving on to the the royals uh and and hoinsey i don't know about you but uh, for the first week of that 2022 season, that first series of that 2022 season, I thought for sure it was going to be Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, it was, was going to be the name on my list here, uh, but I, I think uh, I think I have to go with the guy who has the uh, the track record uh, right now on the roster, the, the longest tenured guy. Uh, you know, Sal Perez has 19 home runs and 142 career games with 70 RBIs against the Guardians. Uh, I I go back to that uh, 2021 season uh, when he he, I believe he led the majors with 48 home runs. uh, And, you know, just when he's healthy and when he's out there, uh, he's he's a guy uh, the Guardians do not want to face.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's my pick too, Joe Um, Salvi Perez, two forty three lifetime hitter against. Cleveland only a 6.81 OPS, but he just play. I mean, I think he's he's so he plays every day when he's healthy. Uh, just you can't get him out of there either at a DH or the catcher catching position. You know, a solid player with with unbelievable power. He and it, he always seems to deliver late in the game. You know, when when Kansas City needs it. I was surprised like you with with Bobby Witt. Just watching him play. The last couple of years, you know, you love, you know, he's obviously one of the best players in, in baseball, but he's only hitting 205 against (laughs) Cleveland, Joe. Well, you know, with uh, one home run, six RBIs, he's got eight stolen bases. So, you know, Cleveland has zeroed in on this guy. They've done a nice job against Witt, but I I would think we'll we'll have to revisit this in five, six years and just see what his numbers are, because you can't contain this guy very long, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I think in the long run, over the long term, I think he's going to be a guy who, you know, develops into one of those guys where you you look up you look down the uh the lineup and you say, "Oh man, they're getting back around to Wit," and so you you know, you better be ready. Uh and and you know, maybe they'll address it with, you know, changes in their bullpen or, you know, specifically guys who who they know will be effective against him, but uh yeah, right now a little too early. Like like a lot of the teams in this division, they're, they're going to be some young guys who, who we really, you know, like you said, may, maybe who, who are our picks five years from now? Uh, Bobby Wick could be, uh, you know, the leader of that pack. But uh, right now, he's, he's still got a, a little bit to prove in that regard. Uh, that brings us to um, the the White Sox. And, you know, there was a time when, you know, I might have said Tim Anderson or Andrew Bennett's Pendy, uh, you know, uh, Anderson no longer on the roster uh Benettendi uh you know they, they really was one of the only real threats in that lineup against uh the White Sox last year uh for Cleveland uh who do you have uh right now at at the top of your list as the uh the the Guardians killer that's on the the White Sox roster
1: Yeah it's got to be uh Luis uh, Robert Jr. Joe mm-hmm. their center fielder uh you know kind of reminds me of a a mini a Big Hurt uh you know I think he's he's got that capability uh in his career against Cleveland he hit he's hitting 305 10 doubles two triples six home runs 15 RBIs in 41 games uh six stolen bases eight, six uh 868 OPS he's just a, a dangerous guy you know he just you know he had a great year last year amidst uh, you know kind of the the ashes of that team i mean that was you know that was a complete collapse by the white Sox but uh, uh Robert kept playing and uh, give him credit for that because that's not always the easiest thing to do.
0: Yeah, and and I uh I I also had Luis Robert as the guy that I picked uh, as as the obvious answer there uh and and I mentioned uh Benettendi I mean he's still working on that big contract that they gave him and you know he might not be around by the end of the year in in that outfield uh Jose Abreu uh in, in recent memory was a a, a guy who you know, uh, Cleveland always had a, a, a tough time with in that lineup, but he's obviously moved on uh, as well. I, I believe they brought in Nicky Lopez, uh, a guy from uh, he used to play with Kansas City. I think he's uh, either on their roster or uh, has a chance to make their club this year. And uh, if, if Nicky Lopez is on that roster, there's a guy that always hits well uh, against Cleveland, uh, as well as Elvis Andrews uh, uh, on there. Uh, He's a free up. agent, right? If uh, he comes and- back. Andrus, yeah. Andrus is a free agent if he, he comes back and that all depends on what direction uh you know uh, they uh they go in but uh Andrews might be up there uh, with the all-time uh um, oh my Cleveland, god Cleveland yeah. killers his his numbers yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Him and Miggy are one and one a. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, I mean, let's think about. It. I mean, but can you go back? Uh, obviously, you've you've covered Cleveland uh, baseball for a, a long time. Who were the guys who, you know, if you're in the press box and you're 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 filling out your uh, uh you know your score sheet and for, for the game, who's a guy you could almost automatically uh, write down for a, a hit in a ball game every time he came up against Cleveland?
1: Paul Canerco was the guy, <laughs> or or as Charlie Manuel called him, Paul Canerco. so Oh
0: wow! He he was a
1: dangerous. I mean he he just he just he he was great against Cleveland. He never he never it seemed like he never missed a pitch, you know. And uh, and uh, Burley was great against Cleveland with uh, you know Mark Burley on the mound. Um, and uh, what Aralys Chapman you know, seemed to be wh- whoever he pitched for, you know, he owned Cleveland. I, I don't know if they've ever beaten. I don't know if they've ever beaten Chapman, Joe. I, I'm I'm not sure, but you know, they, they seem to get a couple hits off him late, you know, in, in the, the last few years, but
0: I don't know if they ever got a big hit to beat him. Hey, uh, Jose Ramirez stole home against him. So I, I mean, I mean, there was at least that, that felt like pretty good. Uh, all right. So we do have a few, uh, responses from our subtext subscribers. They, uh, they got they got on the ball quickly here uh, with this text that we sent out. Uh, so they res- responded who who they thought. Uh, you know, we asked them generally who have who have been some of their most notable um, all time uh, Cleveland killers in terms of uh, divisional opponents uh, throughout the years. And and Hoinsey, you were uh, you were spot on uh, a, a, a subscriber from the 614 area code in Columbus. Uh, said right off the bat, Paul Konerko of the White Sox was his his first response. Uh, another couple of guys here from the Wayback machine: Frank Howard and Cecil Fielder too. Oh God, uh, so. Cecil Fielder! Oh man, he owned him. He he had, all he did was hit home runs against Cleveland, <laughs> and, and that was that was in like the the didn't he hit fifty home runs the one year? And, and yeah, when he came know, back half of them Japan. seemed to be against yeah. Cleveland. That really did um uh, another uh, from the 440 area code uh he says he swears that Royce Lewis turned into Barry Bonds every time we faced him this past season so uh and uh but but on the uh, on the flip side there he offered uh, this 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 subscriber Nick from Euclid uh offered up Emilio Pagan as the opposite of a uh, a Cleveland killer he was the MVP of the uh, the postseason race in the 20, uh, 2022 season uh, every time Cleveland faced Emilio Pagan it seemed like they were Uh, taking him out of the ballpark. Uh, he was a gift that kept on giving
1: Joe.
0: uh, Here's uh, another response from the um, 614 area code. Uh, He says, Eddie Lopat, he compiled a 40 and 13 record against the Indians for the Yankees. And that drove his father's nuts. So uh, uh, I guess, uh, I I guess Eddie Lopat from the way back machine of, let's see, Paul Canerco and Tori Hunter. Uh, Troy O'Leary, another guy, uh, suggested there, uh, Ian Kinsler and Elvis Andrews. Uh, and another, uh, suggestion here says Paul Canerco, uh, and, uh, Tony Kemp. So that's, uh, Tony uh Kemp, another yeah. one. Yeah. Tony Kemp's uh, a guy that, again, uh, every time he came up, uh, what was it for, uh, Houston and for Oakland? He, he, he sort of killed him. Uh, Mitch Garver, Max Kepler. Uh, all names that are, are thrown out there by some of our subtext subscribers uh, as guys who, uh, you know, always seem to come through and come up with big hits uh, at the right time uh, to beat Cleveland in in one way or another. So, again, Hoytze, uh one uh, one Guardians killer moves on. I, I'm sure that there will be more to rise up at, at some point uh, in the near future. Uh, again, the, the division is pretty young. Uh, plenty of opportunities for these guys to establish themselves against Cleveland, uh, and as they uh, as they face them uh, over the next few years. You know, you know who else we left off. You know, we we, we totally skipped over Joe Ryan for, uh, Joe Ryan, for Minnesota. Yeah, they
1: kind of I mean, they
0: kind of even the ledger against Ryan in the last couple of years. Joe. Uh, early on in his career, you thought, oh man, this guy was going to yeah. be around for you know six seven eight years in in minnesota and every time he'd face cleveland uh it'd be a win for the twins so uh yeah like uh a, a, you know nice little exercise to, to look back and and see who uh you know just over recent memory uh who's who's handled the guardians pretty well all right Hoinsie, uh, that'll take care of today's edition of the cleveland baseball talk podcast we will check back in with you again on wednesday uh tune in then good deal joe